0: So we're in a series on anointing, um, a risque subject, right? But it doesn't feel risque anymore, right? It's not supposed to be weird. Every one of us was made for the anointing of Jesus. That's what he chose you for. And um, we need to demystify this stuff, right? Now, um, you know what? Just open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11 before I even start um Start blabbing away. I just want to read a scripture, okay? 11, I'm going to start in verse 27. I didn't say that already. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Actually, I need to blab a little. We're going to set a whole context, okay? This is the scripture. What we're about to read right here is going to be stuck right in the middle. But you know the mistake we always make including me all of us we all do it when we're reading in the word of God and we're trying to divide it rightly we grab something out and we have this little piece and we don't do we don't realize that the the preceding five chapters were leading to this and that the conversation continues in the next five or 10 chapters you follow okay so we're going to we're going to read the main word for this morning And then we're going to go, I'm going to be very disciplined because I have so much to say this morning. But um, (laughs) I heard that chuckle. (laughs) Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's pretty serious. I know, we're going to talk about that. That doesn't even make sense for what this table is, does it? This is the table of grace. I should go, what? This is the table. There is no performance <laughs> that makes you worthy to, to come to this table. In fact, this is the table where you bring your broken. This is the table where you bring all the worst of you <laughs> and receive the spilled blood that covers it, the broken body of Jesus. How does that make sense? Are you curious too? I'm going to tell you, this this passage gave me trouble for years of my life. How preposterous, unworthy manner. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the... So, in other words, in that manner, in examination. Examination for what? Let him eat and drink. 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. What? That's pretty crazy. I'm getting a little irritated here. How about you? Does Paul understand what this table is? (laughs) Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Should you go around judging yourself all the time? I actually don't recommend it. (laughs) And I don't think that's what this passage is saying. You see, you got to have the whole context if we're going to look at this rightly. This is talking about a very specific judgment examination, okay? And verse 32, But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned by the world you got it a little bit okay let's talk about stuff and i gotta tell you earlier this week i knew that that we were not supposed to have the lord's table be like a side note and i was thinking to myself um we need to preach on it like we we need to sit at the lord's table all morning then i was at the hospital all week um dealing with all of that and i wasn't feeling it it was like man i don't think this is the word as i sat and prayed and I started to pray about, well, Lord, what, what should we do? And I just sensed the Lord saying, no, that is the word. It doesn't matter if you had time to do it or not. And, and I started to kind of argue with him. <laughs> do you do that too? Argue? And, uh, and I felt like he said, you just, you've just you got to, um, I want to spend time with you, is what I felt like he was telling me. Do you know that in, in a series on the anointing, we've got to say... Um, um, how do we do this? Uh, is your intimate time with Him is is it like okay? So uh, we do that in order to get the anointing. In other words, let's just in case we we have some new folks here this morning. Um, the anointing just just merely the anointing is just the presence of God for the release of the kingdom of God. You 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 are to release the kingdom of God. Okay, and do we? Um, What am I trying to say now? Is your relational, your intimate time with the Lord, is it like, okay, now I've done this, and and so therefore I'm qualified. So now the presence of the Holy Spirit, is that it? No, what is it? He just wants to spend, he's just crazy about you. He wants to spend time. And so therefore the way the kingdom of God works is the presence of the Holy Spirit is upon because he delights in you. Okay, it's not a performance, it's not a checkbox or some preparation, so therefore I'm now qualified to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. To have effective No, 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 right? Okay. <clears throat> um actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go past this. Um, Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about this morning. And I'm going to do this broad paintbrush because we have to or we'll misinterpret. We're going to talk about, and this is kind of new. We haven't had this in this series yet, at least I don't think. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. The, the anointing, in other words, the presence of the Holy Spirit upon the church, it flows through community. I know, you're, y'all are good, you know this. Just let me remind you. The anointing... I'm going to say it again. It, God's plan is that it comes to us and flows through community. Okay? I'm not saying, I know, you, you probably have uh, Max or whatever, you probably have miracles um, in, in the aisles at Walmart. I get it. Um, I know what y'all are doing. I hear your stories. I'm just saying, God's way is that anointing comes through the community. Now I'm going to suggest, I want to say this, I'm going to be talking about this table, this one table all morning. At times it's going to feel like I departed from that, but I'm not. We're talking about the community of fellowship that releases the anointing that's released by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, okay? That's this table. It's all about this table so do you you know this suggests that if we get relationship wrong the anointing is sunk in this place do you know that got quiet there (laughs) go ahead and smile at the person next to you you're looking at the place of anointing when you do that you see the place of anointing the person next to you (laughs) okay Go ahead and turn to um, the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul's um, first letter, at least the first one we have in here, written to the church of Corinth, and um, I'm just going to begin quickly painting this picture, okay? just I'm just going to start at chapter 7, so we're not here for five hours and you get mad at me. Um, chapter, say what? Uh, oh, we'll get to 10 right now. I'm just, yeah, we're going to start at chapter 10 if you want to turn there. But in chapter 7, okay, we have a brush stroke here. It's, he's talking about living by your calling, okay? In other words, a calling, calling-driven life, a lifestyle, okay? Why? Now, here's what I'm going to suggest, and I want you to follow this theme. All through this letter to the church of Corinth, he's really, he's really talking about two things, and I don't care which way you put it. It's, you, both interpretations are right, okay? Either he's talking about the church that has the flow of the anointing in it, How do we cooperate, be the the atmosphere, the culture that the Holy Spirit, as it says in Jesus' baptism, where the Holy Spirit comes upon and remains and the kingdom of God, the power of God is released. That's what we're supposed to be, right? So he's talking about the anointing and he's using this table of fellowship as the living metaphor right in the middle, okay? Or he's talking about this table the whole time, And that is the atmosphere of of the the community of fellowship of the chosen that releases the anointing. You see what I did? I don't care which way you put it. The point is it's inseparable. And that's what's going on here. So chapter 7, why is he talking about living by your calling? Because your performance is deeply important. <laughs> no, it's, it's because he's putting out there the atmosphere, the, the living the life that, that cooperates, releases the anointing of God. Okay, chapter 8, he begins to talk about the role of conscience. Right? Um, more lifestyle stuff. Why? For performance? No. For, for the flow, for alignment in a unity of the spirit that is the fellowship of this table. See, are you catching something? When you come to this table, you're declaring something. In fact, a few things. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. It's not just a table you come up to. You're declaring things you're agreeing with and joining into a certain unity when you approach this table. You got it? Am I doing okay? Okay, chapter 9, he starts talking about self-denial. That was pretty much last week's message, right? The death of preference. (laughs) <laughs> is the beginning of letting the Lord's preference become. Or we talked about what the Word of God actually says is the preference of the person sitting next to you. Not my preference, but the preference of the of the welfare of others, right, is the place. So that's chapter 9. Chapter 10, we begin to see examples of the quenching of the Lord. Okay. And this is all leading to the scripture we opened up with and read about this table. So read with me. I'm starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Probably already turned there. And I'm starting right in verse 1, okay? Thank you, God. Right in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. What's that? The glory cloud, right? The cloud of the Lord. In other words, this is talking about the heavy presence of God upon the chosen people. Um, And he doesn't want you to be unaware that the fathers were under that cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You got it? Okay, I'm going to keep reading. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. Do you see, I want you to see there's a living metaphor going on that is perhaps the deepest metaphor of the Word of God. Perhaps. Okay, this eating and drinking is not just eating and drinking. (laughs) It's the living metaphor of a fellowship that is unique to the kingdom of God and those that are chosen in the unity of the Spirit. Okay? It goes on, For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Getting harsh again, huh? (laughs) Verse 6, Now these things became our examples. Now listen to me, I've... I've actually known people over the years that have said, boy, we need to toss out the Old Testament. It's it's a new covenant. I don't even know why we're teaching out of the Old Testament. I'm thinking, oh, God, help us all. Um, So just in case you're wondering about that here in verse six, it's, it's talking about what you just read and what you're about to read or hear me read. Now, these things became our examples. You hear that? to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted and do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, now listen, the people sat down to eat and drink, there it is again, and rose up to play. Okay, what's that mean? It actually tells us in verse 8. Now watch this, we're going to see three things. Okay, you ready for this? Okay. Verse eight. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day twenty three thousand fell. Now I have to tell you, this is the first one. I have to tell you what this is reference to. This is referenced to when they started to mingle with the daughters of Moab, and back there it actually says twenty four thousand. So scholars have have concluded, okay, that twenty three thousand fell. On one day is what this says. And the plague that came through was a total of 24,000. Okay, now will you just notice something with me? We really think wrongly about the church and God's ways and how he moves. Okay, now listen to me. God does, just read the Bible if you don't believe me. God does far more winnowing than he does gathering in. The Bible is the story of burning, of the fire of God coming through and burning out for the purity of the chosen people so that they remain the carriers of the anointing of God. For, for the advancement of the kingdom of God for his glory, for the joy of your participation in that. He's so good that 23,000 people were wiped out in a day. God's ways. We tend to look at the church and we go, man, if there's a winnowing going on, something must be going seriously wrong. I'll tell you what's going wrong. The Holy Spirit's coming through. and he's fiercely in love with his bride and every calling on it. Now, what are they doing? What are the daughters of Moab? This is bringing the world into your religion. And I shouldn't even say religion. This is bringing the world, forgive me for that, Father, the world into your practice of faith. That's what they're doing because the daughters of Moab, that was the daughters of a religion. That was, um, that was the, um, the prostitutes and, and the way that they, they had a lifestyle. Okay, are you following me? That was not the lifestyle of the kingdom that releases the authority and the anointing of the kingdom the chosen people are supposed to carry. Started doing it the world's ways. You know we still do this all the time. It wasn't just them with like Moab. Let me give you an example. you want to discern very quickly when somebody is not really into the ways of the Lord and they just kind of want it their way? It's a data-driven church. You'll see it all the time. It's rampant. Numbers will be used to try to show health or unhealth as if we know. Okay, let me tell you how you know. See, let me make that clear. Numbers can diminish, and that is health. You just read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Numbers can increase, and that is health. Go read the first couple chapters of Acts. That, <laughs> that was health. You also read after Acts the winnowing of the church. That's health. How do you know when it's health or unhealth? There's only one way. It's the discernment of the spirit. It's being in touch with the move of God, which I'm about to show you is this table. It's the table of one fellowship for those who are interested in God's ways and not my preference or mingling the world's ways into what we do. That's just the first one. I said I was going to be disciplined. Um, verse nine, it goes on and says, Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Woo! Do you know what that's referring to? You do, don't you? That's referring to where when they started to grumble against Moses and Aaron, the, the leaders and the serpents, in other words, the symbol of the demonic began to bite them because they had no respect for the authority God had put in place. And that was when one of the greatest symbols of the coming redemption of Jesus Christ. When Moses raised the cross with the serpent on it, they had to go back to the very same leaders that they were striking against in order to be healed, in order to get the redemption from the bite of the demonic because they didn't have respect for what God put in place. That's the second one. Okay, now remember, this is leading up to what we just read about this table, the unity of fellowship that he plans for his church. Let's see the third one. You all want the third one or should we just stop here? (laughs) Verse 10, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Well, what's that? It's referenced to the same thing. They're moving across the wilderness, and the more they complained, the more they died in the wilderness until God finally relented until God finally said, "This generation shall not enter the coming harvest, the coming promise, the coming glory, that I've planned to walk you into." Because what's the opposite of complaining? Rejoicing, that's good. Yeah, that's thankfulness, right? Thankfulness, praising, rejoicing. I started this morning talking about we get the best. I'm looking around. I'm like, like all of our leaders, I'm looking at the leaders in this church, and I'm like, why do we get these people? Little old little chapel. (laughs) He's got plans. Amen? Anybody believe he's getting ready to bring a harvest? He's been preparing this church, I'm convinced, for years, year, predating me all the way back to, um, to Pastor Steve. He was, he's preparing this church for the harvest that's coming. I have no doubt about it. <laughs> There's a lot of burning that goes on to be ready to receive a harvest like that. Do you know that? <laughs> Now, i got to read verse 11. Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition. Whose? Ours. Ours. Upon whom the ends of the ages have, have come. That's weird language. Do you know what that means? Do you know what the end times are? You know, I know I read, the. I used to anyway, read the apocalyptic author's the end of the ages were from the time Jesus rose from the dead until he finishes all things and makes you perfect. All of us perfect. <laughs> That's the end times. So are we in the end times? Yes. yes. How, how close is I have no idea and I really don't care. I care about my anointing and my calling today. How about you? But we're in the end times and these things were examples for our admonition in these times. Okay. I want you to, I think I'm in the same chapter, skip to verse 15. And here it says, um, I speak as to wise men, judge for yourselves what I say. Now look, we're talking about the table, don't forget. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we though many are one bread, one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Why am I reading that? I'm reading that because I don't want you to lose sight that so far, all I'm doing is making this big context brush stroke. It would be best if we started in the first chapter of the book and studied it all the way through, we would have had to have more than lunch. We would have had to bring dinner and probably breakfast tomorrow, especially with me, as much as I can run, you know, run the flap. So if we keep moving, we would get right here, we would get to chapter 11, which is what we read at the very beginning, and we're going to skip it for right now. I just want you to know that happens right here. Okay, Now I want you to go to chapter 12. How many of you know what chapter 12 is? I bet most of you you do. Spiritual gifts, gifts, which is what? Which is the anointing on the body of Christ. Now don't get me wrong, spiritual gifts are not the anointing. In fact, say that with me. Spiritual gifts are not the anointing. And the anointing is just the presence of God, okay? But, But what is it? But let's do this. Spiritual gifts are the evidence of the anointing and let's clear this up spiritual gifts are not something you're good at in fact more often than not they are exactly what you stink at because spiritual gifts are a supernatural outworking of the Holy Spirit doing things that you don't have the faculty for (laughs) okay do you know that I learn while I teach in front of you half the time why because I don't have the faculty <laughs> to teach. Trust me, it's true. I'm, just, I'm not that smart. I don't have the faculty to teach like this. It's the movement of the Holy Spirit. There is such thing as a teacher who has skill. And that's fantastic. But, but the anointing, and I'm just using this as one example, it could be you have the gift of mercy, but let me tell you something, that's not because, because you're a bleeding heart that has sympathy all the time. The gift of mercy is a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit that you don't have the faculty for. <laughs> it's an anointing or a presence of, of God that releases the power of the kingdom through, through the mercy of God, not yours, your mercy stinks. <laughs> I know you people. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, gifts are not the anointing, um, but they are the evidence. Um, you should be very concerned when you look at a church and you don't see supernatural outworkings of the gifts of the Spirit, because you know what that says? Gifts are not the anointing, but it does say you have a severe absence of the weighty presence of God on a place. Amen? Otherwise, why this? Uh, come on, why is that chapter in here if that's not the case? Now, read with me, verse 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now, how am I doing? Um, I'm not being disciplined enough. <laughs> Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I don't want to be ignorant either. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now listen, we're going to start talking about this table, even though it's not going to look like it. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, actually, let me just stop right there. You notice there are three things mentioned that are all related, okay? There are diversities of gifts. You know you have some. I'm about to prove it in the next line I read, but um, you have some. Do you know what they are? Okay. And you actually have them all because it's not like, hey, I got this gift. (laughs) Do you know the gift you get? The Holy Spirit. So you should never be surprised on any day that any gift by the will of God may manifest through you. Oh, amen? Now, I believe that you should have, he believes for us to get a handle that like he often loves to use me like this. He delights in me when, when you know, this gift of the Spirit. You can, you're supposed to have that too. I believe that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so the first one are these gifts. The second one is... Um, is differences of ministries. So you are very different from the person sitting in next to you. Okay, and what is ministries? That's like core of calling. Okay, every one of you has a high calling. There's no such thing as being called to Jesus without being called to a high calling, to a ministry of calling. And then it goes on to activities. You notice that's last. <laughs> activities Last. But lots of ways that with your gifts in your calling, in your ministry, the activities work out the manifestation, the work of God. How do I know that's true? The very next verse says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Are you supposed to be a manifester? Yeah, be the each one. Are you one of the each ones? Yes. (laughs) And what's it for? the profit of all. So it's not for you. Now, the joy of participation, that's all for you. Have as much fun as you want. <laughs> it's really the only thing that is fun. I don't know if y'all figured that out. But but the the manifestation, the outworking of the power, the presence of God powerfully upon, that is for the profit of everybody else. The moment you start to use it for your profit, you're sunk. <laughs> The moment you are starting to seek position, title, authority, it gives you some kind of significance. You're sunk. You really are starting to go towards a judgment. You don't want to go there. (laughs) I'm telling you. I can tell you from experience. Okay? (laughs) You don't want to go there. (laughs) Trust me. That's That's why anointing, as we've talked about before, is by measure. He doesn't want to kill you with it amen he likes you yeah. <laughs> so he, he gives it to measure he, he really hopes that you don't destroy yourself with it as can happen okay actually I'm doing good. chapter 13 and then we're going to swirl back to the main passage and then we're really going to need like the full buckle like the five point seat belt buckle system No, that's, that's, um, that's to keep us from flying out of the car. <laughs> Chapter 13, I'm reading right in verse 1, and he says, now, I just got to point out one thing here, and we're going to move. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Okay, so now he's talking about this manifestation. So um, you can kind of put yourself in these shoes. But have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, do you know, I think it's right at the end of this chapter, he actually says, desire prophecy. Did you know that's in there? He says, he, it's literally, Paul writes it in the Holy Spirit like a command, desire prophecy. Have you ever desired prophecy? I know you have, Max. I'm not talking to you. (laughs) It's like the taboo gift anymore. You hear about prophecy, and everybody's like, whoa, that's weird. But it's the gift where you say, desire that. Seek it. I'm going to tell you, you know what's guiding this church? We are so blessed. Um, I'm not even going to... (laughs) send calamity their way by identifying anybody but this body God has given the word of the prophets and I hang on it I hang on it um, like crazy you would not believe I take it to prayer and I find out they're they're confirmed over and over again the word of the prophet in this place if you don't why does he say to seek it do you know if you don't have that guidance from the Lord um, you got nothing you are directionless and I'm going to be very disciplined, so that's not what we're talking about today. Um, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though, i got to (coughs) cough. Pray for that tickle. (laughs) Uh, And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Should say that again, I should it's really quiet to say it over here. I'm nothing. what verse is that verse three and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing now listen. There's a switch here that's subtle that you should notice. This next one start, started to talk about um, just doing good stuff. Is it good to do good stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it is good. But have not love. Look, it didn't say you're nothing. It says profits mean nothing. Profits me nothing. Go ahead and point at yourself. You see, because it's, it is showing us something here. It's showing us we flurry in our woundedness and trying to find our own significance. And it's instead of our significance in the spilled blood and broken body of Jesus, and I don't need anything else for significance, we do all kinds of strivings of the flesh. We even most of the time cooperate with Satan himself when we don't even know it. When we're working out the flesh and striving so hard and it profits nothing. There's only one way we don't do that, and I'm, I'm about to show it to you in the Word of God, and it's the fellowship of this table. It's knowing how God is moving in the body of Christ. That's it. It's it's being a friend. I think it's in that's in one of the scriptures. We're going to read. It's being a friend who knows. It's walking with Jesus in such a way that you actually know how he's moving in this body. Otherwise, your estimation, your evaluation, every thought that you have, there's no way it'll be on track. I'm trying to think if I've. Um, <laughs> <coughs> let me just share this. This may surprise you all, um, but do you know I get suggestions all the time from people. Uh, about how or what we should be doing i know that probably just shocks you that people do that all the time and you know um i always try to stay very very open to the craziest ideas the craziest things why because that's the story in here do you know why the word of the prophets was so important it was because god's god's nuts he doesn't think like we think. Um, you needed someone else to come tell you. You got it? So I stay very, very open. No matter who comes, no matter what they bring, even if it's like, it's like, it's like fingers on the chalkboard or, or um, unbreakable box in my brain, I try to pray over it and stay very, very open. But now listen to me. A lot of times I'll have people come who are not even really engaged in the movement of God. There's no possible way they know how God's moving in this place. Sometimes you can discern it in seconds. They're like, nope, that's way off course. How do you discern it so fast? How could they possibly know what God's doing in this church? Why? Because the anointing moves through the community of fellowship of the body of believers, what we're about to do this morning. The anointing is not something for a rogue individual because it's not, that wouldn't even make sense. It's not for your prophet. <laughs> it's for others. It happens in the flow of the Holy Spirit that he pours upon the unity of the Spirit in his bride. You declare something. Let me not knock the table over. You, <laughs> that'd be embarrassing. You declare something when you come to this table. And now we're going full circle to the scripture we were at. Actually, I've got to do this. Before we go there, um, <laughs> verse 11, okay? And I'm, in thir- I'm still in chapter 13. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Don't lose the context. Do you know what he's saying here? (laughs) He's saying not realizing the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that we have one spirit running through is childish. It's the opposite of maturity. In other words, listen, when you see people stirring up discord, you see people Grumbling, taking petty things, grumbling, causing trouble. It's the opposite of maturity. Paul just said it right here. It's childish. Okay, somebody drop a pin. <laughs> Um, Go to 1 Corinthians 11. I want to return to our primary passage this morning. Now, put your seatbelt on. I just have to reiterate. Unless you have understanding, this passage doesn't make any sense because at this table, you cannot bring a performance. (laughs) You cannot earn it. The performance was bought. So most of... yeah, Woo. do it again. Woo. It was bought. It's free. There's nothing you can do to make yourself unworthy of this table. Well, somebody's going, well, wait a second, you just read from Paul that you don't come in an unworthy manner. How, what could possibly be going on here? Now, watch this. i got to move. I'm just going to read it again, okay? We're going to begin to go through this, and I'm going to show you something, something very important. You're going to understand this passage for the rest of your life, okay? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this... And the therefore what? i got to do that. Therefore what? All those chapters before. It's not just the sentence before that's how we write and think in this culture they when they threw in a therefore it was like because of the last 38 chapters therefore especially paul you know long-winded i don't know i don't know anybody like that <laughs> verse 27 therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the lord guilty of the body and blood. Doesn't that make you go, what is an unworthy manner? And watch this, but let a man examine himself. And so, so like, so in that manner, let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Examine yourself for what? Please tell me. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm getting irritated here for like years of my life I don't think Paul gets it <laughs> this can't be right does he understand anything about the grace of Jesus Christ and here it is not discerning the Lord's body this is not um, you know I know many of you have been spiritually abused and you've been because it happens all the time God I always pray don't let me do it to anyone Um You've been taught to do this sin examination before you come to the table. Oh, what have I done wrong? I, got, I better think about every day of the whole week. And um, oh, man, I treated my wife like that on Monday. And that we do this before we go to the table as if we're going to get all that taken care of or we can take care of any of it before we come to the table. Crazy. It's spiritual abuse. It's the table of grace. No performance necessary. This is a very particular examination and it's if you're discerning the body of Christ. So let's do this. Um, You can keep a finger or a little piece of paper there, but I want you to go to Luke chapter 4 and I'll tell you in a minute which verse I'm going to use. What is it to discern the body of Christ? Now, I'm going to tell you, there, there's two aspects. I personally think they're both true. You talk to the Holy Spirit and find out. One is I think there's just an aspect of discerning the body of Christ, discerning that not, not Jesus. Now, listen to me. We're going to see this in a minute. You know, Jesus, lots of people believe Jesus was, but they, have, they don't know anything about the fact that he's the Christ. Are you following me? This is discerning the body of Christ, the one seated at the right hand of the Father, under whom all authority is under his feet. He's the Christ. It's the body of Christ, and we are the body of Christ. So listen, the first one is discerning the body of Christ, that he's the Christ. Second is discerning the body of Christ. You guys, and I want to tell you, it's not coincidence when you don't have to turn here, you don't even have to put it up. There was three things that Paul in the previous chapter... That he said three things that are part of discerning the body of Christ. That, that discerning, bringing in mingling world things with our faith in God and the practice of our faith. Um, not respecting the way he established his ways of submission and authority and the flow of anointing in the body of Christ. And complaining instead of thankfulness. Okay, that's, and I'm going to show you in the scripture, that's not discerning the body of Christ. Why? He is the head and he made a body with an order. Okay? The, what you're examining for is if you're discerning the body of Christ, <laughs> the spirit of God in us here, the body of Christ. Now watch this. I, I had you turn to Luke 4, right? Okay. Okay this is the context. I'm going to give it real quick so we don't run out of time. Jesus just declared His anointing. Okay? He declares in the synagogue. You all know, it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for all these things, for this anointing. That's your anointing too. You don't have some anointing other than Jesus's. Who's, what anointing would it be? It doesn't even make any sense, right? And... Um, and they say to him, this is what happens. I'm going to start verse 20. Is that the same thing I gave you? Okay. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Do you know why? He went and sat down in Moses' chair. And nobody did that. That was reserved for the Messiah. So yeah, they were, like, they were staring. Their jaws dropped open. Why? Because they weren't discerning that he was the Christ. Yet, that would have been shocking they weren't discerning the body of Christ they knew he was Jesus this is the town where he grew up this is his region everybody knew Jesus small town yeah a little teeny place on the top of some little crags of rock if I understand right there wasn't even a road going there at the time they knew Jesus they weren't discerning the body of Christ. <laughs> they weren't discerning the Christ. Look at the person next to you. Go ahead, find somebody, look at him. That's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you discerning the body of Christ? Or are you too familiar? You known him too long? And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's Jesus speaking. Now listen, this is why we're reading this. 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of the, out of his mouth. Now listen, it says, and they said, is this not Joseph's son? You know what they're doing? I actually, pre- I didn't give you this scripture and it's okay. Later it said, like just verse 28 a little further down, when they heard these things they were filled with wrath and they rose up, thrust him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill in which their city was built that they might throw him over the cliff. (laughs) Do you know what that is? That's failure to discern the body of Christ. So what's this examination? Listen to me. It's a very particular examination. It's not make sure you beat yourself up for all your little mistakes this week. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's coming here falsely. Okay? That's <laughs> a very particular thing. Coming to this table falsely. It's See, what you do when you come to this table is you declare all of these things. You declare your unity of the spirit with the body of Christ. You are declaring that I agree with the world. I don't bring the world to mingle into the faith. I do respect the spiritual authority as established by God in his body. And I don't grumble and complain I'm all, what, why? What is so big about grumbling? It's a breakdown of the community of fellowship of the chosen people of the believers. Are you tracking with me? Oh, forget about all your other sin this morning. Jesus knows about it, and he already covered it with his blood. What this passage is saying is when you come to this table, you're declaring something. And you better be honest about it. Where is your heart? Am I in the unity and the fellowship of the body of Christ? I recommend not pretending on this one. This is the living metaphor of the covenant of the body of Christ. And to fail to discern the body of Christ, we read in the Word of God, is to drink judgment on yourself. I love you guys. Don't do that. We don't go there. (laughs) You know, it goes on and says, For this reason, many are weak and sick among you. For what reason? People are pretending to be part of the unity of the spirit, of the fellowship of the chosen believers. This says, for this reason, there are many that are sick and weak among you. I believe it's physical, but I also believe it's spiritual, what's being talked about here. Why why do I say that? The next one says, in many sleep. I know they use the term sleep for death. Okay? Okay? But there's also a spiritual, there's, there's just spiritual death. You can walk around, you can meet beautiful Christians all the time that are completely 100% asleep. <laughs> right? right? Pretty much spiritually dead. Have no idea what the movement of God is right now. Yeah, I look at this church and I go, do you know that the fire of God is falling? We've got people praying for this. At first when they prayed, I was like, oh boy. and you know what fire does it burns out everything that doesn't pass through the fire I'm just putting it out there and that's exactly what happens is happening here I mean to say do you know if you're not discerning that that is what's happening here right now in this body and in fact I was talking to pastors from around the country all over um, all over the country when I was in Ohio At the thing last week, and they're saying the same thing. Oh, my gosh, the fire of God is falling. You can't believe the crazy that is breaking out in my church. Crazy all over the place. Everything is falling out and going nuts. (coughs) I know I'm running a little long, but I have to do this. Is it okay if I do this? I I was going to do it anyway, so thanks for giving me permission. Um, I was um, driving my son to school or something the other day, and I got a call from um, just a random call. (laughs) Well, I'm driving random, right? Just by chance. Um, From a Gideon, okay? And I don't even remember this, but apparently he came... and sat with me with another guy and sat with me like two years ago he said in my office here and asked how they could pray for me how they could pray for our church and, and they wanted to kind of form a relationship and, and I've just been too, too like it didn't sink for me and I'm you know okay thank you thank you guys yeah, you guys are wonderful they leave this is his memory I don't remember this he says I've been praying for your church for two years since we sat down praying for you and your church for two years. And um, while COVID was a rough year, I wanted to call you and um, catch up, find out, like, what's going on, what do you need? I'm like, wow. So um, I start sharing a little bit about, you know, where we're at, what the Lord's fire has fallen, things are crazy, you know, things are being burned out, the Lord is on the move. And you know what he shares with me? He says, um, he says, Not every church, he said, I journaled you. He said, my memory's not that good. I journal you and I pray through my journal. That's how I've been praying for you for two years. And he says, "Um, there are certain churches that the Lord had me earmark or checkmark as the few churches that are going to make it through this current firestorm winnowing that kind of began this shaking that began with COVID. And he said, um, many are not going to survive and be standing. But he said, it was very clear what I was praying for you from the Lord that Little Chapel is one of them. Um, you guys are going to be standing. But he's like, he's like um, I knew what you were going to tell me. He said, before you told me that you're going through a real great shaking and things are burning out. And he's like, and he's going, just, just keep heart, Pastor. <laughs> he's going, the Lord is shaking on purpose. He said, and you are going, he said, he was almost doing like a thus says the Lord thing. And he's going, you are going to be one of the churches that are standing in the coming harvest he's preparing for. Hallelujah. And then at the beginning of the, yeah, hallelujah, at the beginning of the conversation, he was like, I would really like to meet and pray with you. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so busy. And at the end of the conversation, I'm like, you still up for meeting? <laughs> I think we should meet. <laughs> yeah, where are you? I'll drive to you. Where, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm I am running long, um, and so I'm gonna stop. I I think you know we're gonna do this. Here's, um, I'm not sure what you all decided, but can you come up? We're gonna need um, music in just a moment for the Lord's Supper. We're gonna pray over this meal, okay? And we're gonna have. Have the fellowship of this meal. Do you know um, the Lord? <laughs> oh, God, help me. The Lord used this meal for winnowing. Do you know that? It was whenever the crowd got big and all the hearts were not the right hearts to be part of that fellowship? Do you know what he did? He only did what he saw the Father do, and he only said what he heard the Father say. So it wasn't the will of, It was a whoops. It was the will of the Father when he did this. He said to the crowd, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't even have part in this. And what it basically says, it, it, it took the crowd, which the ways of God so often do, and dynamited it out. (laughs) And it left it with those close ones who said, where else are we going to go? No matter how crazy you get, God, no matter how much I don't understand what you're doing, he used this living metaphor for the winnowing. He's always making a remnant. Those that actually want to be the people of the presence of God. Not the ways of the world, or I do it like I like it, I have my own preference people, or grumbling people, but those who actually cross the Jordan. It takes a smaller. (laughs) He brings it back to real. And so I encourage you, when you approach this table today, I encourage two things, okay? Number one, don't give him your laundry list of sin, that's not the examine yourself that's ever talked about this is the table of grace it was bought you were bought it's free you thank God you are in the fellowship of the community of believers those of the faith absolutely for free no shame Don't beat yourself up. But I'm going to tell you this. Examine yourself. Specifically. Are you in? Do you have a bunch of complaints? Or do you have a thankful heart? You look around and you recognize he gave us the very best leaders. The most anointed worship leader I've ever known in my life. I'm not saying I've known a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay? All I know is the anointing is right here. Okay? The Anointed leader here, 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 here. We go across this place. This building is, is down almost all the way to just anointed leaders and those who have beautiful hearts that are sitting in here, the very best. So examine yourself. Are you, are you in? This is where you declare that I'm in the unity of the Spirit. I'm in submission to what He established. I abhor and avoid the leaking of the world in here like I wouldn't even touch a stained garment. And I have a thankful worshiping heart, the unity of the spirit here. Amen. Amen. Examine for that. As we dismiss, may I pray for you? Okay, let's do this. Um, Actually, stand up with me. Stand up with me. If you want in, if you want in, stand up with me. If you can, it's okay to sit. And I just want to pray release of anointing over you. Okay, we just partook in the table that the community that is the flow of anointing. Y'all want this? Okay, so it's a very simple prayer. It's not magic. It's the Holy Spirit of God and the authority of the name of Jesus. We know, Lord, that you said that it is the Holy Spirit's job to take of what is yours and give it to us. That blows me away. And I ask in the authority of the name of Jesus that you would be doing that right now. Right now over this body. Increase our anointing. Release your anointing over everyone. The gifts, the ministry, the activities. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, as we dismiss, I bind the enemy in the name of Jesus to touch any seed planted today that you plan to grow or any seedling that you sprouted bigger or the mighty trees of anointing that are in this building. I thank you, Jesus, that it's all yours and I declare it cannot be touched by the enemy. We, we ask that you would protect every work of everything that you're doing. Wolves can't touch it. Snakes can't touch it. No scheme can touch it. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. We're dismissed. Dismissed.